Welcome to the Pony Club Podcast. Yay, welcome. I am the Marketing and Communications Director, Samantha Smith. And my name is Mary Courtney, and I am Communications and Instruction Coordinator. And this is our very first episode. We're very excited to introduce you guys to the Pony Club Podcast. And in today's episode, we're interviewing two of the leaders of Pony Club. We have our Executive Director, Teresa Woods, and then our President, Ben Duke. Yeah, and we just talked to them about um, how they got to their positions and their involvement in Pony Club and just the equine world and the industry in general. And they have a lot of great um, tips and insight for you guys. So we can't wait for you to hear what they have to say. All right, here we go. Good to see everyone. Uh, my name is Teresa Woods, and I am the staff lead of the uh, national headquarters. So my title is executive director. Um, we are based in Lexington, Kentucky. The national headquarters are. We have uh, 17, 18 staff, including myself in this office uh, building. And that's that's my role with Pony Club. So I'm, I'm the paid staff. Thank you, Teresa, and thank you, Samantha and, and Mary Courtney. My name is Ben Duke. I'm the current president of the United States Pony Clubs. Um, I'm from Colorado and Florida. Florida is a more recent part of my lifestyle, which I'm loving. Um, I grew up in Colorado. I am a Pony Club graduate and uh, have been volunteering for Pony Club pretty much consistently since about the mid-1970s. Wow. Well, kind of going off that, can you both um, explain a little bit more about your background with Pony Club and how long you have been involved in everything? I'll continue and then move on to, to Teresa. I joined Pony Club as a member in Colorado at the, with the Platte Valley Pony Club in 1964. Um, and I went through the, the program. In those days, we did not have uh, the different disciplines. It was all what we would call today the eventing uh, phase or whatever it's called. Um, I was lucky enough in, in the early 1970s to attain my, my A, so I'm a graduate A Pony Clubber, and then I graduated in 1960, excuse me, 1973 or 4 when I turned 21. In those days, one was aged out um, from Pony Club. And <clears throat> I went. I was in college at the time, and after graduating college, um, I was tapped to serve on a couple of pony club committees, and uh, went on to later serve on the board of governors and the advisory committee for many, many years in different phases, and serve on a number of different committees. Probably most notably, the uh, horse management committee. Um, I wrote the first horse management manual and was a longtime uh, horse management, chief horse management judge for pony club competitions. I thought I had retired until several years ago when they came back and somehow I found myself in this current position. But um, I'm happy to be here and happy to be working with our many volunteers and our wonderful pony club staff. Teresa? Yeah, we would not let Ben retire. Once pony club, always pony club. Well, my history is much uh, shorter than Ben's uh, with Pony Club. I actually uh, came to Pony Club six and a half years ago. It was uh, November 2020, uh, I mean, 2014. 
um, as the executive director. Um, prior to that, I didn't have a lot of experience uh, with Pony Club. I was knowledgeable, had a, um, a close friend who actually uh, was in Pony Club, the local uh, Kingdom Pony Club here in uh, the Lexington area. And that was about my extent of uh, knowledge. I mean, there was a lot of great things that uh, she had told me and that what I read about the organization that drew me to the organization. Uh, I only wish that I'd had Pony Club in my life when when I was younger, because you know, I most certainly would have been a member, maybe even give uh, Ben a run for his money. And we're sitting here with two A's, maybe. <laughs> awesome. Um, and to like kind of piggyback on that question, can you each tell us about your background with horses? Ben, you kind of touched on that a little bit, but um, maybe like how you started riding and then Teresa, your background with horses as well prior to Pony Club? I pretty much grew up around horses. I live, I uh, grew up in a very horse oriented family, um, actually on both sides of my family. My mother's family was from uh, New Jersey and New York and were avid fox hunters. My grandmother was a longtime Pony Club volunteer herself and hunted side saddle with the Essex Foxhounds until the age of 88. She was quite something. Um, and uh, on my father's side uh, from the West was more involved in the cattle industry. So I actually grew up riding both Western and English. Uh, we lived on a farm and we presently live on a ranch. And uh, so not only did I grow up uh, with horses and doing pony club activities and a lot of English riding and uh, fox hunting with the Arapaho hunt in Colorado, um, but also a lot of cattle work and Western riding and sort of just general rodeo type behavior. And uh, that always made Pony Club a little bit of a challenge because every now and then during those Pony Club lessons, I felt a little restricted because I was also used to being kind of crazy on the back of a horse. But uh, fortunately, we had instructors who tried to accommodate all of our interests. So I'm still very much riding today. Um, I don't fox hunt anymore. I was a whipper in for the Rappo fox uh, hunt, for the, excuse me, the Rappo hunt for many, many years, working with the uh, noted huntsman, Dr. Marvin Beeman, many people have heard of. Um, but I've pretty much put that aside, uh, but I still ride uh, regularly working cattle on our ranch and I'm a member of something called the Roundup Riders of the Rockies and we do Western rides through the mountains in the Rocky Mountain West. So um, very much still involved with horses on, a, on almost a daily basis. Well, I actually grew up around horses. I haven't been involved with horses uh, for, for many years now. And I would definitely credit my grandfather with, with all and any knowledge I do about horse care. I um, would say he was an old time horseman, if you will, from his days in the cavalry up into um, using for his livelihood um, in, in logging and farming. So I did a lot of pleasure riding. My, my grandpa actually bought me my first pony, Popeye, named appropriately because he, his eyes really popped out. And um, just, you know, did a lot of wild, crazy riding. Uh, I think it's what Ben called it uh, without lessons, but I just have some of the best childhood memories just on the farm, bareback, uh, through the creeks, uh, just just having a blast. And you know, certainly, I. I do miss those days, and I do wish there was a pony club when I was younger, but wow, there was no bridle to the fun that we had on those horses. But I haven't 
admittedly been on a horse in many, many years now. So that's not a hint for someone to try to get me on the back of one now. But if it happens, it happens. <laughs> I was going to say, we can probably find you I, a horse I, to ride. <laughs> <laughs> no cameras. <laughs> Well, um, can you both tell us a little bit about your career goals or just like goals in general, whether it involved horses or not, and maybe what you wanted to just like basically what you wanted to do when you grow up? You want me to go first, Ben? Sure. Okay. Well, when I was young, I always envisioned myself as a, a conservation officer or uh, working with the Department of Fish and Wildlife, something around that. I'm just you know, extremely passionate about the outdoors and, and wildlife, but I didn't pursue that. Um, in college, I actually um, at one time thought, hey, I want to be a musician. Uh, that lasted for a very small one semester. And then I changed my course to a, a radio TV communication background, which was more of the uh, goal to be on the creative end, behind the camera, directing, producing. And although I, um, in my early career, did have a few jobs in radio and, and in TV, my uh, career trajectory actually went a, a, a totally different direction than anything in the media. And that was uh, in the nonprofit world. And I found myself with an organization, uh, the American Heart Association, for many, many years. And um, you know, learned a tremendous amount that actually helps me in my job today. But I mean, I, I started at the very grassroots of administrative work all the way up into a management position. And it's, it's the love of nonprofit that, um, you know, made my mind up that I will never work for a for corporate uh, for profit organization again. And that's that's where I will be retiring my career at is, is with nonprofit like you know, Pony Club is a nonprofit. So it's funny, your career paths, I think, and goals when you're younger, it's it's amazing how they actually shape themselves through your experiences as you get older and many, many times look completely different than, than when you were 21 for certain. Um, similar to Teresa, I took some different turns, uh, but I always knew that I was interested in animals and um, young people teaching. And so actually, I will say that I really always wanted to be a teacher. But then I decided I wanted to be a vet. And when I went off to college, um, I actually was in the pre-med program and hated it, not so much because of the medicine, but actually the other uh, students where I went to college um, in Massachusetts, actually from Colorado, um, were very, very competitive and to the point where they were kind of not always being honest about how they were getting the marks that they were getting because they're, uh, they're, they're, they were so set on getting into medical school. And when you are interested in something like veterinary school, you have to sort of go through the same route that the medical students did. So I ended up fairly abruptly changing my major um, from uh, sort of pre-med biology, chemistry, to believe it or not, geology. And um, because I've always been interested in the outdoors and, and, and understanding our, uh, where, where one lives and landscapes and that sort of thing, and ended up loving it. In the back of my mind, I always knew though that I was very interested in teaching. And in fact, I did go on to become a teacher straight out of college and taught school for 10 years. And um, then migrated 
from that into um, fundraising and nonprofit management. Um, in many ways, I regretted leaving the classroom because it's very rewarding working for working with uh, young young minds and 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 kids. Um, but I had a very very long rewarding career in the nonprofit management world where I ended up um, working for places like the Denver Zoo, um, <clears throat> Grayland Country Day School as a development officer, the Colorado Historical Society, and I finished my career uh, for a number of years as the executive director of the Mesa Verde Foundation, which is a private foundation supporting the work in Mesa Verde National Park in Colorado. Uh, so it was a very different path, but um, very rewarding and uh, learned a lot. I think my interest in youth uh, manifests itself through my long association of working with Pony Club and also as a, I am presently a 30 year leader in 4-H as well. So I think that youth development and working with youth has clearly been a, uh, an important part of my life, even if it was not my actual uh, vocation, more of an avocation. Um, parallel to that though, is my interest in agriculture. And I've lived uh, in a, on a farm or, or a farm-like uh, community pretty much my entire life. We presently live on a <clears throat> ranch in Colorado, raising red Angus cattle. Um, I'm very involved in numerous agricultural organizations as well. So I'm probably way busier than I need to be, but I would say that my passions really sort of did manifest themselves other than the veterinary part uh, with uh, working with, with youth, working with uh, nonprofits that, that serve the community and serving agriculture and, and uh, literally putting food on people's plates. So I'm pretty proud of all of that. Well, that's very impressive, both both of your stories um, and your path. So the next question is, I don't want to get too repetitive with uh, the steps you took to get from one point to the other, but, you know, if there's anyone out there who is has a similar interest or, you know, would like to see themselves in the future pursuing similar goals, um, are there any, like, milestone points that you feel, you know, helped you get to where you are and, um, you know, what kind of advice would you give to someone or, you know, what, what would you say helped you to kind of like pursue that path? I'll start off this time and turn over a sort of flip-flop here, Teresa. Um, I think it's first of all, very, very important that people follow their passions, um, what they're interested in, because there's always a route where you can do that, whether it's through your working vocational sort of career or more of your avocational volunteering part. It's terribly important to do that. Um, my father used to always say that a community is only as strong as the amount of effort those who live in the community are willing to put back into that community. And that's one of the reasons I volunteer. I sit on numerous boards. I work for a lot of organizations, not because it's always fun, not because I'm trying to build up a resume because I'm done with that, I'm too old for that but I, I value greatly the kind of community I live in. And the community is, is very broad. I mean, it can be your local community where you live, or in the case of something like Pony Club, it's a very national community, but it's nonetheless a community. And I think it's really important that people give back to their communities in whatever way they're able. Not everybody can do it the same way, 
Uh, in Pony Club, for example, we have some volunteers who are terrific uh, teachers and writing instructors, but give them a piece of paper and a graph or something to do more of an office nature, they would fail miserably. But fortunately, we have volunteers who can do that as well and probably aren't so good with the horses and the kids. Um, but no matter what, it's important to follow those dreams, to get training where training is important, but most important, find a mentor or mentors who can help you realize your dreams and can teach you the ropes. Um, I am a big believer in education that schools need to teach uh, students how to learn, not what to learn. What to learn becomes the experience of the student. How to learn is the responsibility of the teacher and or the mentor. So even if it's not in a formal school setting, I think it's very, very important to create those kinds of relationships and to uh, make sure that you value what that one values the mentorship that one can receive from any number of sources. So I don't know if that answers your question or not. I don't know, Teresa, what do you have to say? Well, but I don't, uh, no way could I say, say that better. Um, you know, I would definitely um, just sort of add, be a sponge, learn from others, be a sponge, um, you know, take it in. Um, there, there, there's so many great minds, talents, and individuals in, in this world that if we, we, we shut our minds to opening up to, to, to learning something that we think we may already know, you know, we're not going to go forward very quickly. And I guess the only other thing I would say is a good work ethic does not go unnoticed. Hmm. Um, and you know, I like to think I have a good work ethic. And if, you know, there's steps or anything that has helped me get where I am is I, I believe in myself that I can be able to contribute and I will work hard to do so. And, and people notice that it doesn't go unnoticed. Absolutely. A great, great thought there, Teresa. Yeah, thank you. That Those are both excellent points about mentorship and work ethic. That, that was great. Um, Mary Courtney has the next question. Yeah, so switching kind of back um, towards Pony Club, can you um, both tell us a moment, um, just anything that sticks out to you, where you felt Pony Club proud? That's hard to narrow down to just just one moment. <laughs> tough. I mean, that is really tough. Um, I can't. I'm going to have to group some together. I believe. I think they all my my pony club proud moments mainly revolve around members, and be that at you know I'm, I'm fortunate that I get to attend all of our activities uh, at the national level. So be that at a championship, and I happen to walk by and overhear a member's uh, conversation after a competition and so much passion, so much enthusiasm, so much excitement about what they just accomplished. Um, you know, I always enjoy uh, talking to members who have, you know, long been out of Pony Club and then they will share stories with me how Pony Club, they attribute to where they are professionally and personally. That's very rewarding. That makes me very proud. Um, at one of the championships in the last few years, I can't remember which one, but there was an entire stadium of members who all stood up at the same time in unison, very proudly said, we are Pony Club. And those moments just go on and on and on. There, there, there's so much that make me Pony Club proud. And again, most of it has all been around just observing, watching um, members and how they are Pony Club proud. Okay, like Teresa, I can't narrow it down to one, so I'm not going to even try. But 
But I will say one thing that's made me incredibly Pony Club proud um, this last year has been Pony Club's response to the COVID pandemic. I think that the, the staff and the volunteers of Pony Club have taken extraordinary steps to keep Pony Club vibrant and, and um, useful and fun for its members, relevant for its members during a time when many would have thrown up their hands and said, what do we do? Uh, that makes me very Pony Club proud because it's the Pony Club spirit that allowed us as an organization to do that. So that's one thing that makes me very Pony Club proud. Taking it to a very different level, um, we were talking earlier about the first Discover magazine and the story that I wrote in it is full of Pony Club proud moments, but I will tell you that one of mine was being on the first Colorado team ever to compete at a national rally, which are now called championships. And that was in 1972 or 73 in Omaha, Nebraska. <clears throat> and I cannot tell you how Pony Club proud I was at that time. Didn't have the faintest clue what I was really doing, but we had a blast. And um, I think of all the teams, and I think in that article I mentioned, there were well over 200 competitors all of whom were either Bs or As. That's the way national rallies used to be. So it's a little different than today's championships. Um, I think our team was second to last. Um, the team that we beat, I think only had three members. That's probably why we beat them. Um, but anyway, I was very proud of being from Colorado and being able to represent the state. Another Pony Club proud, another first, was I was the chief horse management judge at the very first pony club competition held at the Kentucky Horse Park in 1978. It wasn't the first festival, although I was the chief horse management judge then as well. But it was kind of a grand experiment having the national rally at the Kentucky Horse Park because it was an effort on the part of the state of Kentucky to start to try to attract major equestrian or equestrian related organizations to the park, which of course now is very much the norm. And we had a blast. Uh, the place was, looked very, very different than it does today. Not many of the facilities that exist today existed then, but we were all very Pony Club proud because typical of all Pony Club activities, we made it work. And we made it work for the state of Kentucky, if I can be so bold as to say that. And I think that a little bit of what the horse park is today is because of that first competition. We were the first competition of any kind at the Kentucky Horse Park and we made it work. And then the last thing was, I was around when Tetrathlon first came to Pony Club, not as a member, I had already graduated, but I was, because I was a guy, I was uh, recruited as a coach for the first Tetrathlon team to represent Colorado and um, they won. So that made me pretty Pony Club proud too. They did a lot better than my team did when Omaha uh, because they went on to become quite uh, adept at tetrathlon. But uh, anyway, so I've been very lucky to have been part of a number of Pony Club firsts and um, very proud of that. I'm proud of my Pony Club uh, background and of the things that I've been able to do because of Pony Club, but it's really what it does for everybody else that makes me Pony Club proud.
That's awesome. That's so cool to hear too. The stories about the first at the horse park and everything. That is so cool. We are now taking a momentary break to thank some of our sponsors. The United States Pony Club wants to thank our official sponsors. Our official corporate sponsors include Shapley's, the official grooming product sponsor, Triple Crown, the official feed sponsor, Wintech, the official saddle sponsor, Carrots, the official apparel sponsor, The Horse, Equitana, and Shop Pony Club. We would like to thank our official apparel sponsor, Carrots Equestrian. Carrots has been outfitting women and girls who ride horses for over 30 years and is proud to partner with the USPC to support the future of equestrian sports. From the schooling ring to the show ring, Carrots has the apparel you need to ride with confidence. Look for Carrots at your local tax store or shop online at Carrots.com. That's K-E-R-R-I-T-S dot com. Can you tell us like what the most rewarding part of your leadership role that you currently hold with Pony Club is? Yeah, I, I would be happy to um, take that one, Ben, and then throw it back to you. Um, I, I love working with the team uh, here at the uh, national headquarters, the uh, 17 other talented, very, very talented individuals. It's uh, really aspire, inspiring uh, just how dedicated and committed uh, each of the staff members are to supporting Pony Club, to supporting the volunteers, supporting the leaders. There's just some great talent here. Um, I enjoy helping staff realize goals, career goals, or grow within their position. That's always uh, been a passion of mine. And I really uh, enjoy working with the volunteers. I've met some extraordinary, just amazing, incredible volunteers um, that freely are giving of themselves, their time, their efforts, their sweat, their blood, their tears uh, for Pony Club. That is very inspiring to me. And to see the passion with the volunteers, the passion with the um, the paid staff with Pony Club, that's very rewarding for me. Very rewarding. I think we're actually pretty similar on this one. Uh, the most rewarding part to me is being able to work with this organization that is so creative and, and works so well on behalf of its members. So it's very rewarding for me to work and see the, the membership and what it can accomplish because of the Pony Club program. The volunteers, as Teresa said, are just the most incredible, incredibly dedicated group of individuals that make the Pony Club program work and to work beautifully across the entire United States and even into our territories like the Virgin Islands. And then even as far as working in a coordinated fashion with pony clubs around the world. So it's really pretty remarkable. Our staff is incredible. I find it, I have found it very rewarding to work with the pony club staff members over the last few years. But I guess the most rewarding thing for me personally is seeing the impact that the pony club program has on youth in general. I can guarantee you without any hesitation that the youth who go through the Pony Club program become better citizens, better people, better workers, better riders, you name it. It's just incredible and it's really due to the Pony Club program. So I, I am so proud and, and find it rewarding to see that the impact that Pony Club has on our youth in this country. 
Yeah, that's great. Thank you um, both for that. And then kind of switching gears, um, what have you found is the most challenging part of your role, um, your leadership roles? And then probably to add to that, how do you overcome any challenges? Mm-hmm. Now the question gets Teresa, off. Teresa probably has a much longer list of that than I do because the buck really does stop at her desk. I, I pass an awful lot of stuff off on Teresa when I don't know what to do. But I would say very quickly for me, a challenging part is staying informed as a volunteer. And I will say that Teresa and the staff do an excellent job. Um, one of the things I said to Teresa when I first took this position was I said, I hate surprises. I don't mind surprises as long as I am aware of them so that we can deal with issues, but I don't like being in the dark. And Teresa and her staff have done an exceptional job of making sure that that doesn't happen. Um, and staying on top of things um, is can be a challenge at times because of the nature of our organization and the fact that it does reach from coast to coast and border to border and out into the ocean and across the ocean and whatever. Um, so those are some of the, you know, Dealing with a myriad of different points of view can be challenging sometimes uh, because quite frankly, the way people deal with things in Washington state and the way they deal with similar issues in Florida can be very, very different. And those can create challenges for Pony Club. But again, I'm gonna turn this one over to Teresa because I know she has challenges on a daily basis that she's kind enough not to even share with me. <laughs> well, I think you actually you touched on one that um, that occurred to me. Um, I, I would love, maybe I'm a pleaser, I would love to be able to please everyone. And that's just not possible uh, with an organization with this breadth and uh, the size and from East Coast to West Coast. Everyone has a different um, value thing that they value or are passionate about or have a different op- um, opinion on something. So not all decisions are going to be met with you know love and open arms and that that is just part of the job you know that could be made just with the best education thought data statistics behind it and with the best interest of the organization but sometimes it is challenging to get beat up a little bit after a decision because not everyone's always going to agree on it um i sort of laughed when you asked that question i thought when i first started working here um the first day i was not aware um our office there's another office building behind us that pony club owns and we actually do lease um, some office space to other equine organizations in that building. I did not know that this building existed until my first day on the job. So suddenly I'm a landlord and I know nothing about being a landlord. Now I can't tell you how I overcame that. I, I realized very quickly, Samantha, that it's expensive to get even a handyman out for things. So I've learned how to tighten toilets. I've learned how to change light bulbs. I've uh, um, haven't figured out the skunk problem that we're having yet. But you know, you just you do what you have to do, right? Um, so I even I even take being a landlord as a learning uh, experience for me. Uh, but most recently, I think Ben gave a kudos to how the organization has handled uh, the pandemic and, and COVID, and you know, been able to stay connected and and, and offer the opportunities that. Um, our, our members deserve. It has been challenging um, navigating that environment. There wasn't a playbook for it. And, you know, Pony Club is not the only organization. No one had a playbook with how, how to handle things. I am proud of what we have been able to do and to continue to do and to improve upon and the things that we've actually um, learned and that are going to benefit us, you know, moving into the future. But, but yeah, there were some challenging times of sort of, okay, what's next, you know, 
how do we handle this and what's going to change tomorrow that's going to make what we said today completely obsolete. But we got through it. So we got through it. Yeah, I think everything's a learning experience. So it's, and now we can do things like Zoom and exactly so which is kind of cool but yeah that's awesome um and then to switch gears again a little bit um i know ben you mentioned that you live on a ranch and do some ranching but um what else do you guys do in your spare time well um i do an extraordinary amount of board work for with other organizations i kind of mentioned that too and <laughs> i'm not saying that's always the most fun thing that i do outside of uh in my spare time, but it certainly keeps me out of trouble. I'm now fully retired from work work, but I seem to be working harder than I ever did when I actually had a paying job. However, there are lots of things that I do that I love that I do in my spare time. I'm an avid fisherman, fly fisherman. Um, I'm, I love to play golf, although I'm not sure that any of the golf courses that I play enjoy having me as a golfer because I am horrible, absolutely horrible. I'm trying to get better, but that's one of my retirement goals. Um, I love to ride just recreationally, get out and enjoy time on my horse. Uh, we have dogs at home and I have a retriever that I work with, with, with hunting and retrieving and have a lot of fun with him. Um, I just generally adore, uh, enjoy being outdoors and, and, doing things and not being cooped up inside any longer than I have to. Um, I'd love to get better at golf. So maybe that's a, that's a, something I'm going to keep working on, but uh, check back with me in a few years to see if I've made any progress. <laughs> Takes that long, a few years, huh? <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure that I can ever overcome what I would call my golf deficit. <laughs> Well, well, like Ben, I um, too love the outdoors. I'm barely inside um, unless it's pouring the rain. I, I love to garden. Um, I love to hike. I haven't been able to do a lot of that in the last um, year and a half for, for obvious reasons. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to that. Um, I enjoy nature photography. So on my hikes, I'm always I'm always with a camera. Um, I like to cook, to read books, but anything that's around outside is where, where you're going to find Teresa uh, for, for real. And only if uh, you're from Kentucky would you understand this, and half of Kentucky doesn't understand this, but I'm a diehard University of Kentucky basketball fan, despite the year we just got off of. Uh, so I follow that rather religiously. Um, but, you know, that's, that, that, that is pretty much it. If it is a spare, day, a spare time and a free day, I'm going to be outside doing something, whether it's knee deep in dirt or just sitting on the patio and bird watching. It'll be outside. Great. We, the weather is clearing up, too, now that spring's on its way. Exactly. Um, so how do you disconnect work and your free time? Is it as easy as closing your computer and walking out the front door or how do you how do you do that? Nothing's that easy, is it? <laughs> Just shutting the computer. You know, what is the saying? If you love what you do, you're never going to work a day in, in your life. So maybe that has something to do with it. But I, I try to really be 100% present in the moment, whether that moment is at work, if that moment's with family and friends. Um, I'm 100% there. And, and I think with keeping that mindset, uh, disconnecting how it happens organically. 
It's just being present with where you are. Now, obviously, um, sometimes it's easier said than done. You know, we live in a time where your phone is, you know, tethered to you and thus your emails are tethered or are on your phone. So it's, it is hard to get away from it. But I just put 100% of myself into the situation that I'm in. If that's I'm out with friends, then the phone's turned off, the email's turned off. Because you know, I think that there is a time and a place and, and to be healthy, you've, you've got to be able to disconnect sometimes. Um, but then again, if you love what you're doing, one person's disconnect may be a completely different, de- different definition than another person's disconnect. I think that that's good. I mean, a lot of what I mentioned earlier is how I would disconnect and use my free time. Um, but I, but if I'm really trying to be sort of laid back and disconnect from everything, I'm an avid reader and I love to read um, all sorts of things, everything from boring agricultural journals to great books and, and not just new books, but I like reading stuff. Sometimes it was written a hundred or more years ago. I just, I just love that. I love to immerse myself in that. And what I've started doing um, recently is uh, trying to disconnect by learning how to cook. I am very fortunate to to be married to a wonderful cook and both of our children are wonderful cooks. And I was realizing that I was being left out. So I have taken it upon myself to try to learn to cook. And I will say, um, probably with more success than I've learned to play golf. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, do you have any like last minute words of advice or bits of wisdom for the Pony Club members? I would uh, just leave everyone with be kind uh, to others. I, I think that is one of the most important things that we can do. Uh, believe in yourself. Um, Check your ego at the door because you got to also be able to say, oh, I was wrong if you're wrong. Even though you may believe you're right, if you find out you're wrong, you need to you know, put the pride and ego um, at the door. And if it's, you make a mistake, treat it as a gift. You know, mistakes are how we learn. Um, none of us are perfect. And I've learned so many lessons in life, uh, personal and professional, through you know, something I didn't do 100% correctly. So use it as a gift and as a learning experience. And then just enjoy small moments as, as much as the big moments. I guess that's what I would say. I would say that for, for all Pony Clubbers to stick with it, to demonstrate passion, don't ever, ever give up. There's always a route to success. And, and there are those that will help you reach success, but you will also reach it yourself through the passion and sticking with it. I'd also encourage our Pony Club members to always help others. Be Show the passion that you have and share it with others. Help others. Um, each member has overcome challenges, him or herself. And so it's very, very rewarding for, for a member to help another member overcome some similar challenges. Um, be sure to give to others. Give of yourself freely and, and passionately. And maybe the most important advice for horses, hug your horse and hug your family. That's great. Thank you guys so much. I I hope that everyone enjoys listening to this because this has been so much fun to interview you guys and hear your stories, both professionally and then um, what you guys do for fun too and your words of wisdom. So thank you guys so much for doing this interview with us. Well, thank you for having us. Appreciate it very much.
Yeah, thank you for having us. I've enjoyed it very much. Thanks. All right, everyone have a good day.